Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. Like always, let's let's pray as a church right before we start. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to be in your presence, in your building, in your place, God, worshiping and getting to know you more, God, strengthening our relationship and applying that relationship to every single area of our life. God, we thank you for that opportunity that we don't ever take it for granted, that we don't ever become familiar with it, but we continue to be thankful for that. God, we thank you for this world and for this country. We thank you for government right now. God, we thank you that just respect and strength and courage just flows through all the, all the leaders in this world in Canada, God, that they're continuing to just always lead us into your will, into what you have for us going forward, God. And if anyone is all about themselves and continues to not lead us towards where you know we need to be, God, we thank you that we can remove them and we can, uh, we can just elect someone even better to take us into your perfect will for this country. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Awesome. You know, if you were here a couple weeks ago, I did a message um, that was called The Pursuit of Perfection. And in that message, I, I encourage you to go to, to our podcast or to the app to, uh, to go see and, and watch it back a little bit and listen to it back because I'm going to talk about something today that's been really close to my heart recently, but it kind of came a little bit of a building block, a stepping stone of that last message, a little bit step off of it, but it's definitely the foundation, that pursuit of perfection. And if you were here two weeks ago or you, or you weren't, um, what we spoke about was two kind of main things within that message. The first one was imperfections. We live in a world where we are imperfect. We live in a world where we always won't do things perfectly. We live in a world where we have to embrace the imperfections that we have, understanding that we can still live an amazing life even though you're not perfect. In fact, if you choose to always strive for perfection, you will always end up in failure and you will always end up in a spot that you feel like you're not stepping into what God's abundant life is for you. The second point that I kind of said in that message was regarding failure, using failure as a stepping stone in your life. Every single person sitting in the seat that you're in right now are here because you failed, you got back up and you kept going. Whatever area that, that you succeed in right now, you can tell me and you can tell everyone around you how many times you failed to get to that success. Failure is just our perspective on what we do. We need to just stand back up, dust off and keep moving forward. Sometimes we live in a world where if we only pursue perfection in different areas of your life, it starts to seep into your faith. And when it starts to seep into your faith, what the pursuit of perfection will do is paralyze you into inaction because you will not move unless you do it perfectly. When you start to leave that behind you, you start to realize that I'm going to walk forward and I'm going to fall and it's going to be okay and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep moving forward. That's the, what the world is all about and it's important that we embrace our imperfections and move into the most amazing, abundant life that God has for you. Now that's kind of a, a good preaching note to say the most amazing, abundant life that God has for you. To talk about that all the time. I hear different questions. Yeah, as pastors, we always say, well, just have the most abundant life that God has for you. It preaches well. It's all good. But what we have to understand as Christians is that if we don't believe 
that that's what God's plan is for your life, then you will never experience that abundant life that he has planned for you. I always laugh when I, when I think about making a plan for my own life. It's always good to plan. But I always have found that in my plans, God supersedes them. Always. Not a sometimes, not a every once in a while. When I make plans, I almost think that God laughs a little bit and goes, I'm going to outdo that so good for you. It's going to be amazing. You're going to step into something that I, I have for you, and you're going to thrive. And we have to understand that we have this amazing expectation that your life is going to get better and that God's will for your life is huge. It is absolutely massive. So this whole pursuit of perfection a couple weeks ago has springboarded me into talking today. And the message title that I have for you guys today, if you're taking notes, is From Vicious to Virtuous. From Vicious to Virtuous. There is something really cool about living a life with what I would call a virtuous cycle. It means that when you make the right decisions and you respond correctly to negative events, you start to springboard yourself forward into this virtuous, virtuous cycle where you start to actually, your life begins to take on an entirely new meaning. You start to get deeper in your faith because you make the right decisions and it's like a domino effect that compounds on itself. We've all heard of a vicious cycle, yes. Now we're gonna talk about a virtuous cycle. There is a virtuous cycle to your faith. It's not hard, it's actually quite simple to do it, but it takes discipline and a decision making on your part to say, I wanna start this virtuous cycle and I'm going to. And I wanna talk about that today. This whole virtuous cycle side of things came from a, a verse that I was reading these last couple of weeks out of Romans 5, verse three to four. It says this, this is the NIV. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. I love that. It's a short verse, but it kind of instilled this understanding that there is a virtuous cycle in the Bible, in our faith, that we must be a part of if we're expecting our faith to get to a point where you feel like it's unwavering. You get to a point where it's like you no longer are a pessimist thinking always the negative. You don't always think that something bad is coming to your life. It is a, a virtuous cycle that we see in this verse. He's saying, let's, let's glory in our sufferings, not because they're amazing. Well, it's because if we handle them right, it develops perseverance. And when we develop perseverance and we let perseverance, there's another a verse in the Bible that says, let perseverance finish its work. When you allow perseverance to finish its work, you are now in a new spot, handling the hardships of life, handling the storms that you're in, knowing that your perseverance and endurance will continue and get to where God's a perfect will is for you. But then it says, once you have perseverance, perseverance develops character. And then once you have that character, that character starts to develop hope. This is a virtuous cycle that we see in the Bible that simply started with this verse saying, you should glory in your suffering so that you can develop perseverance. And once you allow yourself to develop perseverance, it pushes you into the next cycle and the next thing and the next step until finally it's this virtuous cycle, not a vicious cycle, a virtuous cycle that continues to repeat itself and compounds to make your life not only easier, but way more enjoyable. See, this, ver this uh, verse is showing us the concept of that. And it's this type of cycle that can produce unwavering faith in your life unwavering faith. It's everything that we've been trying to strive for. See, the, the Word of God says, there's a verse in the Bible that says, we've been all given the measure 
of faith. Meaning that me speaking up on stage, me studying the Bible, me being a pastor doesn't mean I have any more faith than you guys do. Nothing. It doesn't mean you can pick any pastor you want in the world who has done amazing things, who has, seems to everywhere he walks, miracles follow, and Jesus just works. No. It has nothing to do with the amount of faith that you've been given or I've been given. Here, pin drop. It's good. What it comes down to is the doubt that you experience in your life and not handling that doubt properly, which is hard. I get it so hard. It's when we, when we start to deal with the doubt is when we start to really see this unwavering faith take root. But my question always is, well, how do we deal with the doubt? And this is where I've kind of come into this message um, as a little bit of a stepping stone from the last message that I had. See, unwavering faith is the product that creates the life that God wants you to live. As I said, there's an abundant life that God wants you to live, and we have multiple biblical examples of how God views you. Did you know that God's intent for your life is that you lack nothing? Did you know that? Do you believe it? It's tough. It can be tough to believe that wholeheartedly because you go through storms. You go through things that make you feel the opposite of what God's word says. We're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit later in today's message. But God's intent is for you to lack nothing. And through various teachings and scriptures that we see on, on in the Bible, we see God's character and his promises and his desire for our well-being. For our well-being, and here are some, some verses that emphasize that. We see that in Psalms 34, verses 9 to 10. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. How cool is that? There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Amen? That's something that I want in my life. That's something that in my life it feels like I don't sometimes experience and I get stuck in that trap that some other people do as well. When you're like, well, I, I, I read it, but how do I make that connection? There's another Bible verse out of Matthew, and this is a little longer. And I want you to listen to this one because this one is such a cool story of what, how God views you and will always take care of you. We find it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 33. I like reading out of the Amplified Bible out of this verse because I, I enjoy the brackets. It goes a little bit deeper into what it's, what it's explaining. It says, therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious. It says perpetually une or uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of his life? And why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and wildflowers of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, this is what I believe in, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, 
You have little faith, therefore do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is the key verse. I read all that to get to this. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. Focus on these things and all of these things will be given to you also. Amazing. Everybody say all. all. That's what is being given to you. <laughs> yes, we know, Zach. You just read it. I know. I'm just saying it again, okay? I'm emphasizing the point. All. We need to believe that in order for us to experience that. In Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God shall supply all again your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's so many opportunities for us to see in the Bible that his goal and his purpose for you on this, this earth, his intention is that you lack nothing. That you lack nothing essential for you living a great life. And these verses Assure us that God knows our needs and desires and he faithfully will always provide for us. And his intent, like I said, is for us to lack nothing, to live this abundant life. But that doesn't mean a life without challenges. Everyone always thinks that the abundant life means that it's without challenges. We need to accept the fact as Christians that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there are going to be hardships. There are going to be things that are unexplained, but we can still sit in those and walk through those things and realize that God has an even better plan. And when we focus on him, that plan that he has for us, it comes into fruition and it is phenomenal when you step into that plan. doesn't mean we're not going to go through difficulties. Rather, it means that God's care sustains us through difficulties. It means that his faithfulness is always there and it'll lead us to be more spiritually mature. It'll lead us to have an even deeper relationship with him. So much more. So we can't get past this before I get to the other part of my message right now. We cannot get past it until you believe that God's intent for you is that you lack nothing. Because if you don't go into that believing that, then you will never experience the, the abundant life because that's the word of God says. So as we go into it, you have to, as we transition into this next portion of my message, you have to believe and understand that God's intent is that we lack nothing. And when you believe that God wants the best for you, it will change the way that you live life. Always, forever, it will. I promise you that. See, now, now we transition in knowing that God's intent for you is to lack nothing, that you live an abundant life. We can transition into this side of a virtuous cycle and a vicious cycle. Many of us have, have heard about the vicious cycle. It's pretty obvious to know what a vicious cycle is. The best way to describe it is you make a decision. It might not be the best decision for yourself, and that decision starts to domino effect onto many different other decisions that continues to make you feel negative and makes you feel have negative emotions or negative experiences in life. And that same cycle just continues to go round and round simply because you've made a bad decision. Now, the thing about the vicious cycle is that it usually happens because of two things. Number one, negative events not handled correctly. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you have gone through a messy divorce or a heartbreak. Maybe you have lost a job and you've lost that side of you. And it's a negative event that you didn't really have control over. When we get stuck in those moments, it forces us to make decisions after that. 
And that decision could be, I'm not moving, I'm not doing anything, I'm just going to stay right here and just sit in my grief. Or that decision could mean that I want to continue to live my life knowing that this is the best thing I need to do, keep taking steps forward. Whatever it is, a negative event can start that vicious cycle. Another side is obviously our decisions. We all make really dumb decisions. Amen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got half of you there. That was good. We all can make really dumb decisions sometimes. Sometimes we get stuck in our emotions. Sometimes we get stuck in our feelings. Sometimes we get stuck in a moment where we don't know what to do and we just do what we think is best. That's okay. But then there's often times where we make a decision where we know it's not the best for ourselves. And those decisions start to create a, a vicious cycle. You see this cycle in debt sometimes where we make one decision or a couple decisions to, to, to consistently spend our money or spend beyond our means, which makes us accumulate more debt. And that debt now has interest on their income. And now a lot more of your income is going to paying off debt and interest. And this cycle continues to go over and over and over. And that cycle of debt starts to affect your work performance. It starts to affect your relationships. It starts to affect your family and your joy. This is all, that's just a vicious cycle within our finances. There's an unhealthy life cycle as well. When you choose to eat unhealthy and you choose to not exercise, it causes health issues. And then they start to go into making it more difficult to work out. It just makes it harder. So you eat not very good and then you try to work out the next day. You're like, oh, this is definitely not for me because it's just, I feel so bad. No, it's just because this, this vicious cycle of not living a life towards a healthy lifestyle is forcing you to stay in it. You're making a bad habit that's making it even harder to change. You have a negative thought, vicious cycle that we have. This comes from constant negative self-talk and pessimistic thinking that can lead to low self-esteem and low confidence. This mindset can prevent someone from taking risks in their world or their life or their career or pursuing any opportunities, which in turn reinforces their negative beliefs in themselves. Get where I'm getting at? This vicious cycle we find in so many different areas. You make one decision and it starts this entire round circle that comes right back to the, to the start again where your life continually gets worse. You have the procrastination cycle. Guilty sometimes, okay? Where you choose to avoid a task or a responsibility leads to last minute rushes and poor quality of work and then it reinforces the idea that tasks are daunting and can't be completed and then it leads to more procrastination. These are the cycles that we live with, the conflict cycle within your relationships or your family where miscommunications and unresolved conflicts can lead to strained relationships. These strained relationships then lead to more misunderstandings and conflicts, creating a cycle of tension and hostility. I'm gonna go one more. Substance abuse. It happens all the time too where we're trying to deal and cope with stress or negative emotions and it can lead to addiction and this addiction further worsens our mental and physical health which can lead to increased substance use as a means of escaping these issues. It's this vicious cycle that you cannot break out of until you choose to make a decision that starts the virtuous cycle. That virtuous cycle is something that God wants you to live in all of the time. See, the virtuous cycle is the exact opposite of the vicious cycle. Now your healthy lifestyle, when you adopt healthy eating and, and, and working out and exercising regularly, you begin to feel more energetic and you begin to feel more positive. You begin to feel better and that positive change in your well-being motivates you to continue these healthy habits, which starts that virtuous 
cycle over and over again. One decision leads to you making that decision again that continues to promote your health. Learning and success is the same thing. When you choose to learn and, get, and grow in your knowledge in whatever area you want to, you become more confident in that area. You start to take on more tasks at work. You start to take more steps forward into promotion and more out of your comfort zone because you feel confident. That's because we have this desire to learn and grow and make those decisions. You have the financial discipline, like I said. You have the debt cycle on the vicious side, and you have the financial discipline on the other side, which means saving money consistently and managing your expenses leads to more financial stability. And that financial stability starts to change your relationships, to change your work habits, change everything that you do, and you start to sit in this peace and joy, and it just continues to perpetuate, which is amazing. And when you have positive relationships with that, when you communicate openly, when you actively listen in your relationships, these positive interactions start to build trust and it just forces you to want to have a better relationship. You find this with professional growth. You find this with acts of kindness. You find this with everything that we live in. Every day we have the choice to whether take our life into a vicious cycle or take our life into a virtuous cycle. But again, there's a transition period in my message where I can't go to the next spot unless you really grasp what I'm about to, what I'm about to say. So there's a virtuous cycle in our faith. And that virtuous cycle in our faith starts to make faith a lot easier. It starts to make your doubt less big. Bad English. But it starts to make your doubt just subside. It starts your faith to really feel it in an entirely new way because it's a virtuous cycle. Like that, if we pick on the healthy lifestyle, like that, that thing where you start to eat healthy and you start to work out. And as you start to work out, you start to feel good and you get positive mindset. And that cycle starts to go back to where, well, I'm not going to stop working out if I feel super good to, to work out. The same thing goes with your faith. You start to feel faith deeper than you ever have before. This unwavering faith with, which forces you to always make the good decisions again because you love the way it's making your life. Now, before we go on to what I have as, as what the steps are for a virtuous cycle of faith, I really want to get into that, but we need to talk about hope. We need to talk about hope. Now, the need for a confident expectation of good in your faith is unbelievable. It is huge. You need it in order to experience the life that God has for you. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, hope in the Greek conveys the idea of positive expectations, confidence, and anticipation of something good. Faith is your evidence of things not seen, and it is a confident expectation of God's faithfulness. Now, so many of us have been stuck in our emotions, in our negative events, and the things that we couldn't control in our life. You can name many of them. We get, we get to the point where we get stuck so much in that, that life is always, it's just always going to come back, and here I am. I, don't, I have no hope. I'm, I'm expecting that my life's going to get worse, and here I am. And that's the way that we start to live our life, and we start to realize that now it takes our expectation. The moment you lose your expectation of good, the expectation of God's faithfulness in your life, your faith can't work. And the moment your faith can't work, you get stuck in this cycle where every day you wake up expecting something bad to happen. 
And that ex expectation of something bad happens starts another vicious cycle in your life where you start to be scared, you start to be fearful, you start to have social anxiety, you start to have times in your life where you don't know what to do, where to go, because you just expect bad things to happen everywhere that you go. It's sad, but we have to rewire ourselves to go back onto the confident expectation of good, because without a confident expectation of good, you won't have faith. You will have doubt all of the time. See, hope keeps us focused on God's promises, helps us persevere through challenges, and reminds us that our ultimate fulfillment lies in our relationship with him. I'm going to say that again. It reminds us that our ultimate fulfillment lies in our relationship with God. That means that your ultimate fulfillment is not what the government does next week. Your ultimate fulfillment is not what decisions that are out of your control right now in the world that we live in. Your ultimate fulfillment is not any of that, although those are important things that we need to do in our community to make sure we bolster that up, your ultimate fulfillment comes in your relationship with God. And if you don't make that your forefront, you will go down a path where you just start to expect bad all the time. It's like, oh, here we go again, back in the fall, we're going to get locked down, we're going to do this. Oh my gosh. I get what people are saying, but we got to get out of that side and onto what is fulfilling you. What's fulfilling you? Negative news? Have fun. You're going to lose all your relationships, all your friendships, and no one's going to want to be around you. I say that nicely. I mean it. I'm trying to help. <laughs> but no one wants to hear that all the time. No one wants to hear like, what's, what's going on over here. It's good to have the information, but it's annoying to always hear it over and over and over and over again to where now you're almost forcing everyone around you to have that confident expectation of bad as well. I don't want that. And see, the, in, in the moment that we live, if we don't have expectation of confidence of good happening in our life, hope, we will not be able to experience the abundant life that God has for us. And for those of you, I'm a word picture guy. Imagine if you're a guy or girl and you love cars and you bought a nice new Lamborghini, okay? Enter whatever, whatever car you want. If you're like, oh, Lamborghini, you're like, okay, McLaren, I don't know, Bugatti, whatever you want. Add the, the Civic, whatever you want, okay? Whatever's sitting on the driveway and, and, and it makes you happy. Now, let's just go back to Lamborghini because it makes a little more sense than the Civic. But um, it's, a Lamborghini is a powerful and luxurious car, but without the essential components of its wheels, it lacks the means to move forward and fulfill its purpose. Get where I'm getting at? You can have all your, your, your friends over and you can, you can show them your Lamborghini that's sitting on four bricks, you know, no wheels. And you're like, no, no, wait till it, see how it sounds. Wait till you see how it sounds. You jump in, you're really careful to not knock one of the bricks over, obviously, because it has no, no wheels on it. And you start that thing up, and it fires up, and it purrs, and it's nice, and you can rev it, and it sounds super, oh, it looks nice, it sounds nice, it's, it's nice to talk about. It's probably, the, the, when you first get it, it's probably every conversation you have, you're just waiting to talk about it with everyone. It's amazing, it's awesome. But without the wheels... You have no means to fulfill the purpose of the car. None. It looks pretty. It sounds pretty. So many of us have that in our faith. The Bible looks pretty. It sounds really good when we start quoting scripture. But we don't have a confident expectation that what we read in scripture is going to happen in our life. We will never fulfill our purpose. It's a word picture and it's important for you. Yeah, give Jesus a hand. It's this word picture that we need to understand that just as wheels are necessary for a car's movement, expectation is necessary for faith's progression. It propels your faith 
forward, making it dynamic and effective in bringing about the desired outcomes. If you don't have expectation, a confident expectation of good, your faith is not going to be there. It's going to be terrible, which makes this virtuous cycle of faith that I'm about to quickly go into right now obsolete because it doesn't matter. But there's a virtuous cycle of faith. And that virtuous cycle of faith will make faith, it'll completely change the way you view faith forever. It will, because you'll start to now make decisions that just bolster up your faith. And that decision leads to a different outcome, and that outcome leads to a different outcome, and that outcome leads to a different outcome. And it's a cycle that you can't stop unless you choose to not do it. But it's a virtuous cycle of faith. And I only have a few more minutes here, but let's talk about the virtuous cycle of faith. I'm going to go through it relatively quick here. If, you can, if, you have, if you're taking notes, maybe just put your pen down and go back to the podcast or something like that because it's, I'm going to go pretty quick through this, okay? There's six steps, six steps that I have here. And it's, it's, it starts with one very easy step. And that's the, the thing that you start to realize with a virtuous cycle. It, it, with anything in your life, when you start to make one decision and discipline yourself in that decision, it starts that cycle. The moment that you lose the discipline you no longer have that cycle anymore. And the first step in, in starting this virtuous cycle of faith is seeking truth and nurturing your faith. That first one is getting into church. That first one is coming into this building or into the church, wherever it is that you call home and getting and listening to the word and studying and taking notes and, and doing your devotions after studying the scriptures that are talked about. It's this side where you are seeking truth and nurturing your faith. And you can't do that without getting to places and getting involved with things that build that faith. De devotionals, maybe, maybe it's just having conversations in this community that we have here in church with, about God and about faith and about what you're seeing and what they're seeing. It starts to nurture your, your faith when you seek the truth. Now, seeking the truth involves opening the Bible. It involves, it involves listening to a pastor and, and, and speak, and it involves reading a book or whatever it might be to further your knowledge on this. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're not hearing the word of God, our faith just stays stagnant. We've been given the measure of faith, but we're not using it. It's pretty much what it comes down to. So we need to continue hearing it. And once we start to hear the word of God and it starts to nurture our faith, you invest time in seeking the truth and your understanding, your understanding is step two. You start to gain understanding of spiritual concepts and God's nature. And it starts to deepen and to understand what it's all about. And the more you learn, the more your faith is nurtured and strengthened. In, in Proverbs 2, verse 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It means that we have to continue to know and understand. And when we start to understand, it starts to make us want to apply our faith, which is step three, applying our faith. The more we understand, and when we understand the way that God wants us to, it continues to start this, I just want to do things. I want to step out in my faith. I want to go pray. I want to, I want to pray for myself. I want to pray for people around me. I want to start stepping out in faith in practical ways. This includes stepping out in faith and, and obeying God's commandments and trusting his promises and relying on him during challenges. This side is, is gets, it gets good because it starts to now back up James 1.22 where it says, be doers of the word, not only hearers. You start to apply the faith to your everyday life and you start to be a doer. 
And a doer starts, starts to just continue to cause that firm foundation in your life of God and leads into every other aspect of your life. And then you start to experience blessings. You start to experience blessings when you become doers of the word. So as you apply your faith and trust in God, you start witnessing positive outcomes in your life. These can range from personal growth to improved relationships to answered prayers and a sense of peace even in the most difficult times. You start to experience blessings. In James, uh, or Jeremiah sorry, 17, verse 7 to 8, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's what we start to experience in our walk with God when we experience his blessings. It doesn't matter if a drought comes. It doesn't matter if you're feeling like you're in, in the middle of a storm. You are sustained the entire time because of this virtuous cycle that continues to build on itself. Step four, yeah. Now, step four, like I said, you experience the blessings. And what does that lead to? It leads to an increased confidence in God's word. Because you're experiencing it now. Your, your five senses are actually hearing and feeling and, and you get into this spot where you're like, I'm experiencing the blessings of God right now, which makes me go, wow, I'm so much more confident about what he says. See, the positive outcomes reinforce your confidence in God's faithfulness and his word. And as you experience his provision and his guidance, your faith becomes more unwavering. Your faith becomes, oh my goodness, this is what I've wanted to, to experience my entire life and I'm now experiencing it. Why? Because you stay diligent in making sure that you seek the truth. It just started with seeking the truth. The rest of the steps that I've been going through are just byproducts of that first decision. It's a virtuous cycle. You start to experience blessings, not because you're looking for blessings everywhere, it's because you've done the process. You've started to go through seeking truth. You started to get into that desire of wanting to be into God's presence. And then you have an increased confidence and reduced doubt. And when you reduce your doubt, you start to experience that unwavering faith. It says the Hebrews 10.35, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. The Bible talks about a confidence that we must have in Christ. And if we don't have that, you'll throw away your faith. And finally, step six. This is what, it's not even a step for you to do. Do the first one and do it diligently and it will lead into this virtuous cycle. Embracing a stronger faith. With increased confidence, your faith continues to grow stronger and you become more resilient in the face of doubts or challenges that may arise. And this cycle of deepening faith and positive outcomes continue. That's what this virtuous cycle of faith starts to do for your life, for your kids' lives, for, for, your, for your career, for wherever you are. It's a virtuous cycle. And when we start to learn the power of making one disciplined decision in our faith, God will do the rest. You come to church, you work on your belief, you seek the truth, you become a desire in your life, and you'll start to realize that God will start this virtuous cycle within you that will carry you wherever you need to go. It'll carry you through the storms, through the hardships, through the, the times where you feel like you're suffering. Whatever it is, this virtuous cycle will start to change the way that you view faith and doubt will start to recede to a point where you don't even think about it. And instead, this confident expectation of good in your life takes over. Who needs a confident expectation of good in their life? I know I do. I'm going to say this last thought, and then we're going to pray. 
But this virtuous cycle of deepening faith and reduced doubt aligns with the, so many biblical principles that we find in the word of God. When we, when we seek God, we grow in knowledge and understanding. And when we grow in knowledge and understanding, we start to trust in his promises. And when we start to trust in his promises, we start to experience his blessing because there's trust and faith within that. And we start to experience his blessing, we start to gain confidence. And when, we, and when we start to gain confidence, we ultimately start to embrace a stronger and unshakable faith, all because we chose to do one thing, and that was to seek the truth, getting out to church. These, these four walls are very important, very important. We can, we can watch online, and many people do watch online. It's an amazing opportunity in technology, but wherever you are around the world, find a church you can get into because the community of a church makes faith so much more real, has so much more conversations. We can't just stop. So get into these four walls. If, if this is your home church, make sure you keep coming out because this is the place that will start to nurture that cycle that we talked about today. And then you'll find yourself in this virtuous cycle of faith that never ends because you just stay disciplined and showing up here and showing up in your devotions and showing up in, in, your, in your prayer time with God. That's all you gotta do. And you start to develop such an amazing cycle. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Hmm. Every single week at church, many of you who come here every week, you know the drill when it comes to this time of our service. We, we speak about God's promises. We speak about how, how trans, transformative a relationship with Jesus is and what it can do for your life. But again, it takes a disciplined decision to start that journey. And that disciplined decision says, I believe in Jesus and I want him to come into my life. I want him to change my life for the better. And some of you sitting here might have been here, might be here for the first time today and, and, and not a Christian, not believing in Jesus, or maybe you've been coming for a year and you just haven't yet made that decision. I want to say that to start this virtuous cycle of faith that we've been talking about today, before we can even seek the truth, it starts with accepting the truth of Jesus. When you accept that truth of Jesus, it starts an amazing just domino effect of the cycle that will change every single area of your life, every single area. And it would be such a shame in a world that we live in to live the entire life never believing in Jesus, never experiencing the life that God wants for you. So if you're sitting in this congregation or maybe you're, you're tuning in online wherever you are, it works wherever you are. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to look around for just a second. If you want to, include, if you want to be included in this prayer to accept Jesus into your life and start this Christian life of believing in Jesus. I want you to just slip up a hand with no one looking around, just me and you, and I'll accept you in that prayer all around the building. Anyone who's here, thank you, awesome. So good, thank you. So good, thank you. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So good. So good. This is step one. This is the first decision. That's it. That's it. And fear can creep in. Thank you. Fear can creep in, and like I said, if you think that you have a, need to live a perfect life before you become a Christian, that is going to paralyze you into never becoming a Christian, never believing in Jesus. Thank you. Don't let this pursuit of perfection paralyze you into inaction in this moment right now. This is the best moment you'll ever make in your entire life, the step into believing in Jesus. I'm going to look around for just a second just to make sure I didn't miss anyone, and we're going to pray. Awesome. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. The prayer goes like this. Father, in Jesus' name, 
I give you my life. Please come into my heart. From today and on, I'm serving you. Give me the power to change every day, every year, for the rest of my life. Jesus, I'm following you. In your name, amen and amen. Let's give a round of applause to all those amazing people that made that decision. So good.